Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Welcome to the Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number 17. Today, we are going to be discussing five routines that will simplify your everyday mom life. Now, these are game changers, especially if you feel overwhelmed on a regular basis. So stick with me. Hey, wannabe minimalist friends. I'm your host, Deanna Yeh, and I am so happy you are here with me today on our latest episode of the Wannabe Minimalist Show. Today's topic is a good one. I know I say that a lot, but I really like today. We're discussing five routines that will simplify your everyday mom life so that you can take back control of your life and stop feeling overwhelmed. Let me start by saying that I have a love-hate relationship with routines. Now, before I had my daughter, I would have told you that I hated routines and that they were ridiculous. But that was before I found myself responsible for raising another human being. Once I became a mother, I discovered that routines and automating those routines really did make life so much easier. Not only were they great for my daughter, but they left me happier calmer, and more energetic than I was when I was just flying by the seat of my pants. Not to mention how much more productive I was every single day. All right, so let's start talking about these five miracle routines and how you can fit them into your life. So routine number one is your morning routine. Now, okay, okay, if you are not a morning person, this one is going to be tough, but I promise that those rewards are worth it. And if you're a parent, guess what? you kind of have to be a morning person, right? Now, I'm not talking about getting up at the crack of dawn. I'm just talking about at least five to 10 minutes before your kids get up. This lets you wake up on your terms and not someone else's. Honestly, my days are so, so, so much better when I wake up first. It took me way too long to realize this, but it really is a game changer. Now, I get it if your kiddos are still too little to be super predictable and on a schedule every day, the same schedule. I get that. So you will have to adjust this to work for your individual situation. But don't automatically put up a roadblock on this, okay? Can you listen with an open mind and just think about how you might be able to incorporate this now and know that it will change and get better as your kids get older and become more predictable? Now, just remember that this is a season in your life. It will get easier, okay? But something that worked for us when our daughter was younger and not able to tell time was an okay-to-wait clock. Have you ever heard of these? There's a few different versions, and I'll link to two of our favorites in the show notes, but the functionality between them is pretty much the same. You set the time when it's okay for your kids to get out of bed or come out of their room because some kids will wake up early, but that doesn't mean that their day has to start right then with you. And then the clock will change colors or something, you know, to let them know that they can get out of bed and it's time for them to wake up. Now, it's not disruptive because it's just a color change, so they really have to be awake and look at it, pay attention, and sometimes our daughter would sleep past the wake up time and then when she woke up it was the right color and she would come on in and it's really funny because it sounds like it won't work but 
I suggest that you just give it a try because sometimes the easiest things are the ones that work the best. So once you have that okay to wait clock in place and you have a more predictable time for getting up, let's talk about your actual routine. One of the things that changed my perspective about getting up early is the book called The Miracle Morning. Now, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. And in fact, there are several different versions. I actually prefer The Miracle Morning for Parents or The Miracle Morning for Millionaires. I just liked the way those two were written um, and the co-authors on those. I, I just really enjoyed their perspective and their voice. The book claims that there are six habits that you should do before 8 a.m. that will transform your life. They are to start your day with meditation, prayer, or breathing to quiet your mind, to write down your affirmations to encourage yourself to live out your purpose, to visualize yourself reaching your goals and Visualize what it will feel like when you actually succeed. Do a little exercise to get the blood flowing for a few minutes. Read something to expand your mind. And then write in a journal as a way to process your thoughts and reflect on your life. Now, I will admit that this is a lot to squeeze into a busy parent's morning. But the steps don't need to be long or complicated. I can do this whole routine in about 30 minutes. So I combine the meditation, breathing, and visualization, and I can do that for five to 10 minutes. Then I stretch for five minutes, and that's my exercise to get my blood flowing. I usually exercise in the afternoon when we go to the gym, there's a kid's club and all of that. So this is just me getting kind of moving. Then I write down, in, I write down my affirmations and journal at the same time for another five to 10 minutes. And then finally, I read something while enjoying the first few sips of my coffee when it's quiet and peaceful still. Now I look at it more as a way to start your day on your terms and with you in the driver's seat instead of reacting to people putting things on you or asking for something from you. So I highly encourage you instead of starting your day by looking at your phone, checking your email, looking at your messages, checking Facebook to start on your terms. If you can work in these six steps, absolutely fantastic. If it seems like too much to take on at once, then just experiment with adding one thing at a time. If you know if you don't like any of these miracle morning ideas, how about just starting with writing out your to-do list for the day or putting in a load of laundry before any everyone else wakes up? It's really, like I said, just about making sure that you are not taking on other people's things first. You are in control of your mind and your day. And when you start off on your terms, the whole rest of your day will be much better. Now, I also want to point out that I don't always stick to this routine every day. That's a goal of mine with taking Sundays off. But there are some days that I don't get to everything in my routine. And that's totally okay. Depending on how the night before went, I may only take five or 10 minutes to meditate or stretch before Eleanor wakes up. Or maybe I need to hammer out a blog post or podcast notes because I'm behind. That's life, and I make sure not to beat myself up about it. But on the flip side, when I do spend some intentional time in the morning, I've noticed that more often than not, I feel like I can tackle anything that day. It's harder for me to get in a bad mood. It's harder for somebody to throw me off. And I usually am more resilient on those days. So each person's morning routine will look different. So start experimenting to see what works best for you. I recommend starting with one or two things and then do them consistently for at least a week before you add in anything else. Little changes over time really add up to make a big impact, okay? 
So that is routine number one, your morning routine. The second routine I want to discuss that will simplify your everyday mom life is your afternoon routine. Now, if you are a stay-at-home mom or a work-from-home mom, you are most likely in charge of picking your kids up from school. And even if your kids are not in school just yet, getting them in the habit of a good afternoon routine is really a great foundation because these first years go by really quickly, okay? It makes your days go smoother and it just helps get everybody into a rhythm so that we know what to expect every day. All right, now that I've said that though, for babies younger than one, your afternoon routine will probably include lunch and a nap. And other than those two non-negotiables, you can fill your day with playing, reading, cuddle time, and art time. It's a little bit easier when your kiddos are really little. It, de- it, it depends on what they need at any given time. There's lots of diaper changes, lots of feeding, and lots of sleeping, right? It changes, you know, as your kids grow up and they become toddlers. And, you know, after a year, probably between a year and three years, they've most likely transitioned to only one nap per day. Now, when our daughter was this age and she needed one nap a day, we were very strict with nap time in our home. And in fact, we had friends make fun of us for it because we would be quiet, but I would use that time to work or read and and do my quiet time stuff. And it just really helped me feel refreshed and energized. And my friends that had more than one kid, they just thought we were crazy because their home was always a lot noisier than ours was. So I get that. If you have more than one child, this may not be you, but we were very strict with nap time because, gosh, she really needed her sleep. And I think most kids need their sleep. And if she didn't get her sleep, I learned the hard way more than one time that our daughter and sleep deprivation did not go together very well. But this meant when she was that age that we would play harder in the morning and then we'd have a nice long rest after lunch. And like I said, that gave me time to catch up on my more quiet tasks. I would do chores, laundry, I would work, I would read. Um, You know, that's when I would do some of those things that I wanted to do for myself before we started playing again in the late afternoon. And now that she's in school, our afternoons are totally different. Now I pick her up from school and we spend time having snack right when we get home. Then we do some homework. We might do art or craft time if possible. Uh, She's practicing the piano a couple times a week. She has a dance class once a week. And then she has a little downtime as I get dinner ready. And honestly, once she's been so active at school and we've had a nice afternoon, I don't feel guilty or bad about letting her have downtime that's either watching a show on Disney Plus or playing a tablet game. Some people feel differently than that, but that's just me. Now, there are people that will say that the morning routine is the one that changes the most, but for us, I found that this afternoon routine is really the one that needs to be the most flexible as your kids grow into different stages of development. Your morning routine should be one that you control, and it takes place before your children wake up. And then this afternoon routine really is more around the time you spend with your children if you are able to as a stay-at-home or work-from-home mom. So that is routine number two that will simplify your everyday mom life, and that is your afternoon routine. The third routine to discuss is your evening routine. Now, I think this is the routine that makes or breaks your everyday mom life. You know, here's the thing. I love my child. I mean, I really love her. And I think that if you ever saw us together, that love would be abundantly clear. But at the same time, I need my own time and time to hang out with my husband. There are shows I want to watch that are not appropriate for my daughter. There are topics to discuss with my husband that she does not need to hear about. 
And sometimes I just need quiet, not to mention when I want to, as they say on The Bachelor, spend time together as a couple with my husband. And having an evening routine that we can all rely on not only makes that possible, but it makes me a better mom. Now, our evening routine includes eating dinner together as a family at the dining table and cleaning up after the meal. And then after dinner, we will sometimes watch a TV show. Currently, we are loving the Girl Scout Cookie Championship and Lego Masters. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. And other times, we will play a game. No matter what, we try to spend this time together. Then, between about 6.45 and 7 p.m., During the week, we do a 15-minute cleanup as a family, where we tidy up the house before starting our bedtime routine. Now, we'll also check our family calendar at this time, just to make sure there isn't something we've missed for the next day. Now, our daughter's bedtime routine is going to the bathroom, getting dressed, flossing, brushing, and using mouthwash, braiding her hair, and then reading a story. She's still young enough that we do not need to do bath time every day. It just kind of depends on what we did that day, and usually it's an every other day thing for us. Now this puts her bedtime at 7.30 on school nights, and she is six years old. On the weekends, we're more relaxed when we're out and about, but if we're home, bedtime is usually between 8 and 8.30. Now just because she goes to bed later, that doesn't mean she will sleep in. And I've learned the hard way, like I said before, that she and sleep deprivation just spells disaster in our home. So we try to be pretty strict about our bedtime and we hit those times about 85 to 90%. It makes those times when we are out and about and we can stay up a little later really extra special for her. And so I don't feel bad about putting our daughter to bed on time. Like I said, 85 to 90%. 
Now, it might seem crazy to some of you listening to this because your kids are wired at night or they never want to go to bed. And I found that this is usually the case when bedtime hasn't been a priority. And I can't take all the credit here because my husband really is the one that has been a stickler about this bedtime and has really made it a precious you know, time for us. When I was a kid, I know I never wanted to go to bed. And, you know, that was just the thing. But we all need sleep. We all do better when we are well, well rested. Okay, remember that. Your kids do better and they're happier when they are well rested. So if your kids resist in early bedtime, try to transition maybe to a quiet time first when they're expected to be in their room. You know, they can read or do quiet activities and then you can turn the lights off maybe 30 minutes or an hour later. It's really important that with all of our electronic devices this day, these days that we have to be much more diligent about setting those boundaries and teaching our kids how to use these electronics responsibly. So then once my daughter's in bed and we've had our evening, um, to ourselves, the final touch on my evening routine before I head to bed is to run the dishwasher. This is already prepped and ready to go from dinner, but I physically have to start it before I go to bed. And then I also get the coffee ready for the morning. Now, I love coming downstairs to a fresh pot of coffee, and it makes it so much easier for me to get out of bed knowing that this is done. I can usually smell the coffee already brewing, and it just makes it that much easier to kick off the blankets, put my feet on the floor, and get out of bed early. And then I also pack our lunches um, in the morning, and my daughter packs her backpack then. I know a lot of people prefer that to do that at night too, so if that's you, just add this into your evening routine um, before you all go to bed. And so that is routine number three. That's your evening routine. The fourth routine you need to make a habit if you want your life to be easier is a simple cleaning routine. Now, unfortunately, this is just part of being an adult. It's not awesome, but dwelling and complaining about cleaning does not make it better. So just be thankful that you have a home to clean and get down to business. However, there is one thing I have discovered that does make cleaning better, and that is to have less stuff to clean. So that's why I talk so much about decluttering. And if you need tips on that, my whole blog at littlegreenbow.com is all about decluttering tips um, for you and your family. So head on over there. But a simple routine where you clean regularly is so important because it helps you never get to the place where your house is so bad you have to spend, you know, two really in-depth days cleaning it or heaven forbid, call in the hazmat crew. Now, if you're looking for a weekly cleaning routine, I've written a whole blog post outlining how I clean our home. So I'll link to it in the show notes. It includes tasks for six days a week, as well as a schedule for doing laundry. That way you are never behind. Now, if you keep focused and concentrate on one area per day, I have found that you can clean your whole home in less than 30 minutes per day, every day just makes it easier. So remember, this is cleaning. This is not decluttering. Decluttering needs to happen first so that your home is more manageable. But the cleaning routine I like to stick to is Monday for the bedrooms. You start the week off with something that's important, but not super tasking. Tuesday, you do the bathrooms. This is probably the heaviest load day because you've kind of got a day under your belt so you can be a little bit more productive and you're not really recovering from the weekend still by Tuesday. So you do your bathrooms. Wednesday is the living room. This is mostly uh, tidying up, wiping the windows down, um, you know, cleaning stuff in your living room. Maybe if you have a living room and a family room, you do both of these rooms on that day. Thursday is all about your dining room. Do a little bit of a deeper clean on that day versus just your everyday wiping down the table after meals. 
And then Friday is dusting and vacuuming. So this is all of your surfaces and all of your floors. I love to do these on Friday because if we have people come over on the weekends, if I have a clean floor and things are not dusty, everything just feels a little fresher. And then Saturday is for your outdoors or garage or yard or car. This part can be tricky depending on where you live. So this one's kind of a free for all day. If you do have yard work, if you live in a home with a yard, this is the day you would do that. Um, otherwise, you can deep dive into another place you've already done or, you know, work on your car or something like that. And then Sunday, I take the day off. That's just my fun day with my family and I don't worry about cleaning. Now, you probably noticed there's a big piece missing here and that is the kitchen. But the reason I don't put my kitchen on a daily or a weekly cleaning routine is because I cook in my kitchen every single day. And that means I clean it every single day. I'm constantly wiping down the counters, the stove, the microwave, uh, doing the dishes in the dishwasher every day. So my kitchen is constantly seeing attention. These other rooms are rooms that I wouldn't go to um, to clean on a regular basis. And so that's why I have them on this routine. Now, again, I want to point out that I am not perfect. So there are days that I totally miss the schedule. And if that's the case, or we have a really busy week, I will either catch up the next week or catch up on the weekend. So if we have a whole week where I've kind of skipped it, either we went out of town for part of it, or it's just been a really hectic week, we have those sometimes. I'll just either do double duty the next week. So I know that it's going to take me maybe 45 minutes to clean somewhere where it would take me 30 minutes if I had done it the week before. Or I'll spend a whole day and I'll catch up on the weekend. And we'll do that as a family, especially if we've done something together during the week that made it really busy. And so speaking of my family, I really recommend that you get your family on board to help with the cleaning. You share your home, so you should share in its upkeep. And this is one of the things that I do want to pass on to my daughter. And I think it's great to pass on to your children. Teach them how to maintain a home so that when they become adults, they are prepared. All right? Sounds good. So that's routine number four, and that is your cleaning routine. The fifth and final routine I want to discuss today is a laundry routine. Now, laundry, like dishes, is one of the fundamental routines in your home. So if you slack off and do not wash your clothes for a week, you will either run out of clothes or you'll have to buy new items or you'll have to wear dirty ones. Gross. <laughs> That's why establishing a good laundry routine is super important. And there are two ways you can set up your routine. The first will probably work best for most families, but it might feel the most difficult to start. This is where you complete one load of laundry each and every day. So if you need help deciding what load to run, check out my weekly cleaning schedule post, which is listed in the show notes, as it will list the laundry to do each day that corresponds to your cleaning routine. Now, the trick with this laundry method is to complete the load every day. So that means wash, dry, fold, and put away. It can be so easy to leave things in the dryer or shaken out on the back of the couch, resist the urge, and finish the load. So if you go this approach and you work out of the home, this one's actually pretty easy to keep up with because perhaps you can put a load in the washing machine on your way out the door. Then when you get home, you put it in the dryer. After dinner, you can shake out the clothes and then finally you can fold and put them away while you're watching a show. We'll fold them while, put, while watching the show and then putting, put them away as you go to bed. We live in a townhome. And so I use these white square plastic laundry baskets to transport our dirty clothes. Now, our bedrooms are up on the third floor 
and I have to take them all the way down to the washing machine on the first floor in the garage. And these plastic white plastic square bins are great because they're, they have handles on them, they're easy to transport, they're very sturdy, they're not the real thin plasticky ones that you hold on your hip. I'll link to them in the show notes if you're interested, but I transport one load down I leave it down there while I'm transferring everything. And then as I pull the clothes out of the dryer, they go right back in the bin, take them up to our second floor, which is where our living room is, shake, fold, and then put the clothes back in that bin. And I take them right up the stairs when I go to bed to put the clothes away. So that keeps it easy for me. Now, if this method feels like too much work, you can batch your laundry and do it all on one day. Now, the problem here is that depending on how many people you have in your home, it can take a full day to finish it all. You'll want to make sure you set a timer on your phone so that you remember to change and, you know, change each load as soon as it is done so you can get it done as quickly as possible. And then you want to make sure that you do see that laundry all the way through. Again, those wash, dry, fold, and put away. I don't know about you, but by the time Saturday rolls around, I really just want to get outside and have some fun with my family. Being chained to my washing machine is really not how I want to spend my free time. Plus, once you have a few weeks of the daily laundry under your belt, it gets so much easier to remember. And it really only takes a few minutes of hands-on time each day. Why don't you try it, see how it goes, um, and then when you have the daily laundry routine, if you have a week where you were out of town or you've got a lot of laundry piled up, you can just catch up slowly. You do a little bit bigger load every day and um, it doesn't feel so overwhelming to get caught back up. Make sense? All right. There you have it. By implementing these five routines, you will not only simplify your everyday mom life, but you'll start to enjoy it more as well. I promise. And now I have a question for you. Which of these routines are you going to implement first? Is there one routine that really resonated with you that you can't wait to try? I'd love to hear about it. Come on over to the free Wannabe Minimalist Facebook group and share your thoughts from today's episode. I really do want to hear from you and encourage you on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and an awesome life. Routines are such an important part of that awesome life, so jump on over to the Facebook group and let us know more about you. The group is totally free, and you can find us by clicking on the link in the show notes or by searching for Wannabe Minimalist on Facebook. I want to meet you there and hear about your journey. Learning from all of you is one of my favorite things, so I hope to see you there. Finally, if you liked this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe and leave a comment or rating so others can find this show too. That makes my day, so thank you for those of you who have already subscribed and to those who have left me comments. They fill my heart with joy, and you guys truly are the best. And that wraps up today's episode. Next week, we will be discussing how to add simplicity to your life in just minutes per day. Simple joys make my heart sing, so I hope you can join me here same time again next week. Cheers. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy The Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of The Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. 
Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy.